This is a podcast for the creative misfits, the right brain, rogue, or rebellious creatives who don't want to do work and life the way we've been told we have to. It's for anyone who has felt a sense of dissatisfaction with their career or with corporate BS. It's for anyone who has struggled and wanted to find greater purpose, to experience more authenticity, creativity, freedom, and satisfaction in how they live and work. Let's build a new way of doing things. Welcome to episode five of the Creative Misfits Club. I'm Jessica. Today's episode is scatter my ashes with my KPIs, bury me with my resume. So in last week's episode, I did a very bold thing. I challenged the 40-hour work week, saying that what work looks like for different people, how, where, how much, is, and this was the paradigm-busting revelation, very, very different for different humans. And that should be not just okay, it should be encouraged and understood and celebrated. We should be creating our work cultures and our environments with an eye to that diversity. But I feel like this 40 hours of working thing, or at least this notion of time being tied to value, I feel like it's still staring me down the nose. (laughs) It's pushing its little spectacles down. It's narrowing its beady, grumpy eyes at me. Because honestly, it is such a deeply entrenched paradigm to challenge, let alone try and break. Because at its core, it has to do with how we value people, right? And how we value their work. If we're questioning that paradigm or blowing it apart, the next question that comes up is, well, okay, if somebody works 100-hour work weeks, aren't they delivering more value than the person who might work only 20 hours? So here's where I want to blow apart the assumption that someone's value in the world would be less if they clock in 20 hours per week versus 40 or 60 or 80 or 100 of actual work time. Because maybe that person is way more efficient in those 20 hours than the person working 40. Maybe the way that that person applies their unique gifts to their work is so fluid that instead of having to really effort hard to get things done, things come easily for them. I mean, we all know people that are making things more difficult than they need to be. And in fact, our paradigm really values this kind of like hard hustling, like it's not worth anything unless you suffered. But there's another way of working, which is do less, accomplish more. Maybe part of someone's work is more synthesis or creativity or innovation, any other kind of more ineffable but really crucial part of what they're here to do. And that time does not look like the traditional output time that we're used to. Maybe they work in intense sprints followed by rest, or maybe they work with this ebb and flow to their days, but they work more than five days a week, or any kind of non-traditional way that defies the calculation of How many hours did you sit at a desk or in your office or at a computer? Perhaps somebody who is, looks like they're working less, maybe the integration of their life and their work is actually so seamless that it's becoming the same thing for them. So at that point, can you even distinguish between work hours and off hours? Because that to me is actually the ultimate goal. That being ourselves, me being my soul's essence is so interwoven throughout my life that my work is being that and I get paid to express that essence and my life expresses that essence and it all becomes this seamless and symbiotic soup. Because this kind of old dinosaur-like separation of at these times in this place, I go be my work self. 
And then I close that box up and I keep it separate from when I go get to be my real life self. Because what's really underneath that? There's this sinking implication that I don't actually love being that work self. And there is a sober truth to that kind of separation that says something like, I'm, I'm putting this, on, this work costume on because it's what I have to do, but I don't actually really love wearing it. It's like I don't feel completely myself in it. I don't feel joyful in it. I don't feel super satisfied in it. And that's why you would need to keep it separate. That's why you want to take that work costume off and close it up in a box at 5 p.m. and rush out. It's why you dread Mondays. It's why you can't wait for the weekend. In this old dinosaur paradigm of working, you have resigned to being someone at work that isn't truly you. Otherwise, wouldn't it feel so good to be you in your work that you wouldn't want to stop? Wouldn't your work life feed your life and your life feed your work? Because for those people who manage to get there, and yes, it is possible, at that point, you stopped counting hours worked per week a long time ago. You stopped caring about that and you stopped counting because in that kind of paradigm, work feels good. It feels satisfying. It feels like you're putting something meaningful into the world. It feels like you're putting pieces of yourself out into the world and you want to do more of that. You want to be more of you. It feels really good. It feels really, really different when you get to experience that. And at that point, we stop measuring people's values by hours. And maybe we measure it by how lined up they are with their essence, their gifts, their genius, and their joy. Maybe, just maybe, we should stop measuring value merely by output, by productivity, or by numbers. And we should consider that value also includes presence. It includes creativity. It includes innovation and changing. It includes heart. It includes connection. And I would argue measuring value should also include accounting for joy and peace which are these internal things that do not have a price or a KPI, but I would argue that without them, you're not actually successful. I think it was Tony Robbins, and I'm not gonna get this quote exactly right, but went something like, achievement without fulfillment is not actually success. True success, and I would argue true value, needs to consider both the exterior and the interior of our lives. Because what are you gonna remember at the end of this mortal coil? The KPIs you hit? So here's what I am positing, that presence isn't measured in hours worked per week. Essence isn't measured in hours. Impact isn't measured in hours or even always in dollars or percents. Success needs to encompass the inside and the outside and peace and happiness and well-being need to accompany success. I have days where I feel super successful. I feel like my proudest accomplishments are knowing who the hell I truly am and what I'm here for in this world. And that honestly took decades. At times I feel incredibly proud of the words I've written and the things I've designed and created that have my signature, my essence radiating from them. Some days I feel really in touch with that and I feel like that's enough. It's more than enough because Honestly, many, many people never even get remotely close to that in a lifetime. And there are also some days where I feel like a total failure. And that is super vulnerable to admit. I don't really have an external career that I've had up to this point on paper or even really an exterior life that I'm particularly proud of. Although I do want to stress that I am really proud of the time I spent teaching 
The reason I'm proud of that is because hopefully I connected with and impacted some little souls in some way that helped them. Or I gave of my presence in a way that touched people. Because I think that's teaching at its highest. It's teaching with your presence. That's what people remember years later, much more than the things you actually taught them. But to be very honest, in lower moments, I do feel this sense of failure. I also feel this incredible potential in me. I feel in touch with what I'm here to do. I feel this, like this inkling of my biggest, brightest self. And I also feel very internally successful, like peaceful and happy. But externally, it's still kind of a hot mess. I have been called a generalist. I've been called unfocused, distracted. And let's be honest, there have been hundreds of employers in the last few years just alone who did not see my worth or my value enough to hire me. Hundreds of dark boxes, as Mary Oliver would say, with tough gifts and lessons on the inside for me. In the meantime, I've cobbled together this freelancer life. I've also written hundreds of thousands of words that I'm very proud of that ring very true to my essence. And I've begun building a business of my own that I really, really, truly love, a brand called Glissade. But by external metrics, I'm not really winning at this thing called life. Yet. Yet, I tell myself, not yet. By my resume, I am not an impressive human. Sometimes I think about this. What if my life ended tomorrow or in six months? What would matter? What would I leave behind? Maybe more importantly, what would I miss from all the years that hopefully I have ahead of me? And the answer to that is this. It is expressing my soul's essence out into the world in a way that sparkles and shines and feels delicious and delightful and joyful, birthing things that only I can create. I would miss getting to build a life that harmonizes with that, where my days, my mornings, noons, and nights, and my weekends, and my projects, and my accomplishments, and my victories, and my blood, sweat, and tears were all infused with the essence of me, where I don't have to save that essence for one little corner of my hobbies, or my weekends, or a two-week vacation. My advice to anyone listening, and to myself, because I sure have to remind myself of this, is to find people who are doing just that, who are living out loud and in alignment with whatever note or chord or flavor it feels like to me is their essence. They're living that life for themselves professionally, personally, successfully, inside and outside. Find one example and study not their what, but their how. Study the energy underneath. Because there's this thing that happens when you're right in the center of your soul's essence. It's like there's a very particular frequency that emits. I would say study that, observe that, become expanded and inspired by that. I'll give an example for me. Her name is Jamie Beck. She's a photographer. She uh, started out as a fashion photographer. She's now a fine art photographer. She's American, but she's living in Provence, France. And I don't know her personally. (laughs) Uh, I would love to. She seems like an absolutely delightful human. But everything that she puts out, her work, everything she shares of her life, it's like I can feel her authentic essence really strongly in it. And by all accounts, again, I don't know her personally, but by all accounts, she is living a beautiful and happy and successful life doing that. If I had to take a crack at describing her essence to you, I would say it strikes me as incredibly artistic 
it's kind of blooming and beautiful, literally, in fact, because she part of what she does is she does these beautiful photographs of flowers in the style of old master still life painters. But her essence feels very old world. It feels elegant and romantic, but also kind of rustic and natural and charming. And it's incredible. It's beautiful. And it's remarkable to behold. I mean, I don't want to be a photographer and I don't want to live in Provence, but I suppose there's something, there's some note in her chord of her authentic essence that strikes me as perhaps similar to a note in mine. And I would say pursue with curiosity, with this child, like a child following breadcrumbs into a magical wood. I would say pursue the interest that puts you right in the center of your essence. Figure out what it feels like when you're closer to that essence. P.S. It feels really good. It feels like flow. It feels like time tends to dissolve. It feels this sense of deep satisfaction. I would say do more of that. Do more of those things. Even if you have no idea the how, like how is this going to contribute to my resume or my bank account or my career plan, just follow, keep following that. Because here is what I don't want for myself or for anyone else, yet I have a feeling so many people are going to be able to relate to this. I do not want a life and a career that, if I'm honest with myself, feels like a lie or a waste or a disappointment, even if it was super externally successful. I don't want to show up with a safe or cushy career with my mask of professional competency on. I don't want to fake enthusiasm or have to fake enthusiasm for what I'm doing every day with my life, even a little bit, because every moment where you have show up to work and you feel like you're you're acting like you're in it like I'm a professional I'm I'm caring about this I'm caring about these spreadsheets and these meetings and these goals where you know deep down if you're really honest your heart and your soul and your being are not in it and if you're honest you feel like you dread coming to work and you can't wait for your time off but you just don't know what else to do or how to exit that gilded cage of yours every moment that we continue on that is like a little death And then life becomes something that you just have to get through. And then we find all manner of things to numb or uppers or downers or distractors in order to make it tolerable. Or you have to sort of turn off your expectation or hope of this feeling of joy or aliveness or life force moving through you. And you just have to get used to the slog. This is not a life. This is lying to yourself about work. And I understand that it may be what a lot of people experience or what they feel they have to do, but it is not how it's supposed to be. It can be different. And I, I personally have to cling to this vision for myself and for us collectively that we can step more and more into lives and work and careers for ourselves that align with who we truly are. They feel good on the inside and the outside. We can bring our gifts into our, our work in a way that feels deeply satisfying, where we are not counting work hours anymore. We are not compartmentalizing ourselves anymore into these 40 hours and then the rest of my life. I have to believe that there's a way we can successfully and holistically work and live, not just have a successful resume. So do not bury me with my KPIs. Do not scatter my ashes with my resume. Bury me with my poetry and my essays with my heart's words in a 
tattered book that might still be able to breathe a little beauty into some hearts even after I'm gone. Please keep wearing the dresses I designed. Play vintage tunes and dance on my grave. Let people say they felt my essence, like a chord of music that is uniquely mine. Let me feel the satisfaction of having created a life, a symphony around that chord, that essence. Let that be success. Success.